You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Camera's a little laggy. Oh, well. Welcome back to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jujitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a black belt who trains at Aries BJJ, located in Goodyear, Arizona. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob Erdman. Hey, how's it going? What's going on, brother? Uh, you know, just getting up, getting done with Christmas, looking for some open mats for the week and everything. Ah, yes, the grind never stops, right? That's right. That's right. Grind never stops. All right, man. First and foremost, man, I'd you know, uh, like to extend my thanks, man. I appreciate you taking out some time and doing an episode with me. Greatly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Without further ado, man, let's get the ball rolling. If you want to formally introduce yourself again, by all means, and let's hear about your jujitsu journey. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, my name is Jacob Erdman. Um, I'm a black belt out of Aries Goodyear, as he mentioned. Um, I teach the zombie crew, so I'm up nice and early, uh, getting the ball rolling for the day. And then I teach kids class later on. Um, I have two kids that are in jujitsu as well, uh, both girls, 13 and nine. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I actually started really getting into coaching and stuff like that. Cause when I first mm-hmm. started, you know, we all, I, I started cause I was overweight. I was like 190 pounds. I was 31. I was kind of like, what do I do that's, you know, going to make me happy because I don't like the gym. I'm, I just can't focus on it. I can't do it consistently. And the last time that I did something like that, I was a wrestler back in high school, actually. Um, and so at 31, I was drinking, sitting around playing video games all day and maybe take my kids to the park, but I wasn't really doing anything with my life. And so I picked that up as a way to start exercising and it very quickly became a daily thing in my life. I was training Mm -hmm. three, four days a week, pretty much out the gate. I didn't, I didn't just kind of jump in. I like really dove into it. And, um, I had my first competition within three months of, of trying it out. I went out there as a white belt. Uh, (laughs) I, I, I beat the first guy, you know, wrestling background and stuff like that. But the second guy, he, uh, he beat me fairly and I, I, I didn't have an answer for it, you know, cause I was a wrestler. I was like, Oh man, I'm great. I'm going to do all these things. And then I got beat. And then I had another match right after that. I got beat by this guy too. And he, he put me in close guard and I didn't know what to do. He just racked up advantage after advantage and didn't sub me or anything, but I lost hands down. Mm-hmm. And then about three months later, I did another competition as a white belt. And it was the last competition I did as a white belt. And there was uh, what was it? The San Francisco open or something like that. And I had four fights at white belt, which is crazy because at black belt, you know, unless you're doing big tournaments, you don't get a lot of people. You get one, two two matches. (laughs) 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 You know, so white belt and blue belts, we're getting matches. So at white belt, I had four fights for first place. Um, Got that. I got my blue belt within eight months, Um, but I was training a lot. And then Mm -hmm. I got my blue belt and instantly went into competition in that. Um, I went to World Masters actually that year, uh, 2000, 
18, I think it was. I took third. Uh, nice. Yeah, I took third that year. I beat some guys. I didn't realize I didn't realize how good I was actually doing because I wrestled before. And when you wrestle, if you're in high school and you have something like I had, you I competed every weekend as a wrestler back in high school. So I didn't come in with the butterflies that a lot of competitors get when they first start doing competitions. I was fairly seasoned to some degree. Um, and I lost to this guy. He was a judo black belt. And he, mm. he did the same thing to me that he did to everybody. Came in, threw us, grabbed the arm bar, hopped on us, and finished everybody the exact same way. Um, so I took third at that one. And, and from that point on, I decided I had, a, I had something to prove to myself. And so I buckled down. I started eating really healthy. I, uh, at the time, I smoked like, like those vapor things. Um, I quit all of that. I, I quit nice. everything. I was eating well. I, uh, I had a goal. And my goal was to win a World Masters Division I championship at Blue Belt that year. And so I, I went to the grind. You know, it was two a days, exercise, running, making sure my weight was on. I competed at least once a month. Um, it was expensive. <laughs> Nobody really talks about that part about how how competitors pay out of their pocket unless they're sponsored. You know, right, right. When you're, when you're old and a blue belt, you're not. You might get sponsored, but I came in almost seven years ago, and it was what I like to call the the new golden age of jujitsu. Because if you talk like like the last decade, it jujitsu blown up there are, mm-hmm. everybody knows about jiu-jitsu now but when when i was growing up it was a backyard thing nobody knew what jiu-jitsu was you know i graduated right. early 2000s and you had a small handful of people that even knew what the word jiu-jitsu was so when i came in you know you had you had the internet you had all this stuff at your disposal these black i had black belts i didn't realize that back in the day black belts were so rare that you would just get so excited just to even see a black belt. And right. now it's not that we're common, but there's a lot more of us. There's a lot more information around. So I kind of was fortunate to get this kind of golden age of experience and knowledge directly from sources of other world champions that like uh, Samir Chantre, Osvaldo uh, Cascino, those are my two, they're, they're the ones that really train me at the end of the day. Those are my two main, uh, coaches professors instructors whatever terminology you'd like to use at that point um, and they were multi-time world champions when i got into there so i was the the beating material so to speak because you know i was a tough mm-hmm. wrestler so they could really go ham on me so they did because i helped them get ready and in turn they prepared me for all the competitions that i did and i at blue belt i didn't lose after that world masters tournament I won every single tournament the whole year, did not take a single loss, was ranked number one going into the tournament at World Masters. I actually uh, fought a guy from our association for first place. He was uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so they came up to us and uh, I have Cushino on one side and uh, Milton Bastos, I think that's his name. Don't Please don't beat me up and come to my school if I get it wrong, Milton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they come up and they're like, do you guys want to, you know, toss a coin for it? Or what do you want to do? And I was, I was the first one. I was like, let's bang for it. I didn't come all this way just to 
flip a coin at the very end, you know, like right. we're practitioners for a reason. Let's let's get down. So we did, and he was actually beating me. Uh, it was a tough match, but he, he was beating me. He out-wrestled me, out all the things, and I caught a Kimura on him within the last 45 seconds and uh, went to sweep him, but the sweep became more of side control, and I just I finished, and that was, that was how I won a championship. They uh, raised my hand and everything, and we went to the podium. I didn't see uh, my coach or anything like that. And then he came with the, the purple belt, promoted me on the podium and everything. And it was a great experience. It was, it was nice. weird because I'm so awkward that like when he, when he came over, I was like, what do I do? Do I, do I shake your hand down here? Do I pull you up here? I didn't, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I had no idea what to do. I was shell-shocked. And so he came up, he promoted me, did all the pictures and everything. And then I started teaching uh, kids classes for like little toddlers at that mm -hmm. point. Um, my thing was, I, I, I'd already had my older daughter in, but I really wanted to get my younger daughter in. She was turning five and I really wanted to get them going with something. I wanted to give them tools later on in life, right? So I started coaching the little toddler class and it went pretty good. And then COVID happened mm. and COVID COVID changed everything. I, I tell everybody, Purple Belt was the hardest time frame for me as a practitioner. A lot of people talk about Blue Likewise. Belt, Blue Belt, and all that. So I was like, I didn't get the Blue Belt too bad. You know, I got the Blue Belt blue. Sometimes you come in, you get beat up, but Purple Belt, that's when I went through some real, some real hard times uh, in yeah. Jiu Jitsu. Uh, we, uh, you know, I didn't compete a lot. COVID happened. I started drinking because. What else was I going to do? I couldn't work. Um, I built my own mats at that point and made a dummy and went out there and did what I could. But really, I didn't do much. So when the schools opened again, I was first one in the door, like, let's go back to life. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know. Somewhere in there, I didn't have the same drive that I had pre-COVID. You know, so when I came back, my focus had changed. I went from Oh, I'm going to compete every month, every single day to how do I make people better? How do I do this new path better? Because I can compete. Mm -hmm. I can go into a competition. I don't care who you are. I don't even look up people. I just walk in. If my jujitsu works, it works. If it doesn't work, well, then I guess you were the better practitioner. But otherwise, I don't look you up on Facebook. I barely look at the brackets just to kind of see like how many fights I might have to have, but I don't, I don't know names uh, unless you're like right. Gordon Ryan or someone up there. I don't, I don't know who you are, but coaching that, that was different. Now I got to talk to a five-year-old that doesn't want to be there maybe and convince him that this is not only good for you, but fun, something that's going to mm -hmm. benefit you sooner rather than later because yes as an adult i understand that jiu-jitsu is good for a long term but as a kid you don't even know what you're gonna have for breakfast lunch dinner you could change your mind in five minutes you know what i mean one minute you're doing takedowns and next minute you're running the other side of the gym and i gotta round you up like you know like we do right. so it was how do i take these kids and make them better which eventually bled into adults and mm -hmm. older kids mm -hmm. and how do I become a better coach? And it was at that time, I think I was 33, 33, 34, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, 
I realized I was getting older. Like I knew it before, but at 31, you're still pretty, pretty ready to go. Pretty at fresh all in the time. game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was great, man. I could go out, drink, get up still in the morning, be like, all right, it's time to roll. And uh, but as I was getting older, I was realizing my recovery time changed. I would roll for five rounds and then think about coming to the second class and like, oh man, my body's just not doing what I tell it to do right now. Right. And it it really it shifted my focus from teaching just kids to teaching everybody because yes, I still compete, but I can't do that forever. I'm not gonna win a world championship at adult level, get these crazy, you know, scholarships and stuff like that. But I can make a major impact in other people's lives on a different yeah. type of scale than that. So I still compete sometimes. Um, I competed at Brown Belt, uh, Master 2, because I was older by then. I was finally able to get into Master 2. Um, I took second in that tournament. It was a big tournament, 268 Brown Belts, Master 2. I couldn't <laughs> believe they <were>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nope. nope. it was uh, rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One well, at that level too, man. Like, like it's only five minutes, so or, or six. It might have been six, but at Master Two, you don't get the adult time limits of like eight minutes. So it changes the pace of the match. It's much more intense out the gate versus like when I go with the competitors in my gym, and we throw on ten minutes. That first five minutes. Yeah, you're rolling, but you're more feeling each other out, trying to out position. And in the last five minutes, you start picking it up because you've made each other tired. Maybe you've, you've stacked them for long enough. You know, there's a lot of situations in there. Mm-hmm. But at some point, that 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 time to go moment comes, but it's closer to the end of the match. But when you only have five minutes, you only have so much time to work. So you really get down to the nitty gritty mm-hmm. as soon as the match starts. And um I barely got through that one. If I'm, if I'm being totally honest, that was probably one of my worst tournaments I've ever been in. Um, I was sick. Uh, I don't tell people that. I don't use it as an excuse and everything like that. But I, I remember my coach, he's like, oh, you cut a lot of weight. You look pretty pale. I was like, yeah, man, I feel uh, I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> 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 well, I got to do what I got to do. I've already spent all this money. We're in Vegas. I, I took a whole week. A vacation to do this and i'm like man i'm not gonna just come here and not go right so i went out there and yeah i I took second i i remember being in the the last match man i had a kimura on this guy and my hands are noodles i can't i can't hold on to him and he ended up getting out and he beat me by advantages and you know it it was a tough loss but at the same time like i took second place at world masters and after a while that that becomes the mentality oh i only took second and it's 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 weird to when you're used to winning things when you just fall shy. Mm-hmm. But then, in the very next day, or when I got back after the vacation, it was back to practice. And you know, that's back something I start preaching. Yeah, I start preaching that to my guys because, <clears> like, <throat> recently we had a competition with them, but they had a couple hard losses. And the thing of it is, you're going to have those. Do you get back up? We all lose. Right. Everybody loses. Nobody wins right. all the time. And, even Gordon Ryan's lost some here and there. Not recently, but, you know, he's he's lost things. Um, mm-hmm. You got to get back up. You got to go again. And that's, you know, with the kids, that's the biggest thing I try to really put in their brain. Yeah, you're going to fail. You're going to get hurt. You're going to do things that are wrong. 
Do you get back mm-hmm. up? Do you keep moving? Do you keep going? Because that's all we can do. And as adults, as an adult, we, we kind of understand that. But children don't whatsoever. So right. if I can instill those skills on them, that's what the parents are really paying for. You know, yeah, you want your kid to be tough and all these things, but is your kid going to be successful down the road? Can I give them tools and skills that are going to make them successful as teenagers? You know, when, mm-hmm. when you don't get prom queen, do you keep going? Do you, do you get up? Do you, okay, I lost that one. I'm going to get the next one. All right. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out this time either. You know what? I'm going to go anyways. And I, I, I got this. I'm going to figure it out. And if you have that mentality, more times than not, you're going to be successful. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. You know, you're going to you're going to have that I can mentality. If I can give that to your children. I'm I've successfully done what I've sought out to do, whether your kid oh, yeah. knows a scissors or not. <laughs> if I can get you to have confidence in yourself. I'm successful in what my endeavor initially was. Yeah. Sorry, so, I, I know I talk a lot. <laughs> oh no, you know you're good. You're good. So I, I, you know, personally, uh, when I started, when I started teaching, you know, I started with kids class too. So, um, you know, I, I love teaching kids class. It taught me more about myself than I did with any adults class I took. Um, so how, how do you approach teaching kids class? I know because I have a philosophy that seems to be that seems to work with me. Um, I'm just curious to see, you know, how, you, how your mindset goes when, you, when you're teaching a, a kid's class. It kind of depends on the age. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm teaching little, little kids, I'm f- nice but firm. Like I'm firm in all the kind of classes because I'm a parent. And a lot of times when you have instructors, they're younger, you know, which mm-hmm. is fine. But you have a different type of interaction with children than a parent has with children. Right. So I'm nice, but I'm very firm in what I want from you. And I'm also a firm believer in exercise. Mm -hmm. So if things aren't going good, I will exercise with my kids because I I guess I have a lot of philosophies, but I'll try to, I'll try to to put it into something a little bit um, tangible. I think about children in the sense that when I teach you, I know you're probably not going to get exactly what I say. I know that's not going to happen, but I do know that you can do it. And if I can grab your attention via different things, um, the exercises are simply ways to show you how to move your body. You know what I mean? If I can show you how to do a, a shrimp or a hip escape or whatever you want to call it, that's just one aspect, right? What about uh, jumping, right? Back when we were younger, we used to ride bikes. We were outside. We played outside all day. Right? All day. Now, all day. Sun up, sun down. <laughs> right? Kids don't do that anymore. Kids don't do that. Right? We've been changed by social media, the internet, whatever have you, whatever philosophy you want to go with on that. Things just aren't the same. We don't put our kids outside. We're fearful of things. We're, we're hypervigilant. Um, so kids just don't do the things they used to do. You know, mm-hmm. they don't they don't ride bikes. So when I tell you to grab a sleeve and put your foot on it like a bike pedal, that doesn't exist to their mind anymore. They're like, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and to me, 
I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm I'm gonna be 40 in a couple. I just turned 38 a couple days ago, so okay. I'm getting, Happy birthday. I'm getting older. Oh, thank you, I appreciate it. I'm getting older, and uh, the things that were in my childhood just aren't in today's world. So I have to find ways to connect to them in their current world. Um, and there's there's a few things I go off of, but if I can get their interest at the really young age, I can get them to exercise, and they're gonna learn without realizing that they're learning. Yeah. Now, once they're a little bit older, I, I have a different philosophy for them because they're still probably not going to do it exact, but they understand their bodies more, especially if they've been in jiu-jitsu for a few years now, they know the deal. So I have a slight expectation of them to, to know what's going on. Now, when they're brand new, different story. I still kind of treat them like I do the little, little kids. Okay, here's how you move your body. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's... If you look up, you're going to go that direction. If you look down, you're going to go that direction. Little little things that the body does that they just don't realize. And then as they get better at that, jujitsu comes more natural to them. Um, but it's about catching their interest, I guess, is a mm -hmm. lot of my philosophy. If I can't capture your interest, and you're not going to be interested every day. So that's another thing, too. you got to pick your battles. I can't yeah. be hard on you every single day you're going to get burnt out but on the days where you finally there's a moment i i tell myself that kids do there's there's a few types of looks one of the looks is that they look at you like they're just lost nothing's up there okay i can tell you a few things but when they start understanding and they start looking at you with those eyes of i'm listening take your moment take your chance and teach them things and then let them run with it yeah you know i I, I can't count how many times I've watched at other places where the kid's not doing something right and the instructor, and, and they mean well, and I know they mean well, but they keep harping on the same thing. And, and after two, two times, three times, if they're, if they're not getting it, you got to move on a little bit yeah. because you're going to get frustrated, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, if you get frustrated, I tell, I tell people all the time, just walk away for a moment. There's other kids. Go help somebody else real quick, and then come right. back when you've right. when you've gotten over. Because, in all honesty, as a coach, that's us. You know, when the kid's not getting it right and we get frustrated, that's our responsibility. That's that's something that we did to mm -hmm. um, to get upset about. You know, it's not it's not necessarily their fault. That's us as a coach, not doing what we're supposed to do and then getting frustrated with ourselves because we're not performing the way we expect ourselves to just be able to relay information. Um, yeah. So I guess I don't really have philosophy as much as I have ideas that I string along that vary from kid to kid. Cause if you have a kid that's super hyper, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of distract them a little bit more like a cat toy. If you mm -hmm. have a kid that's real into it, you got to get down there and and be a little harder on them sometimes, you know, because right. they need that. They have that drive already, so you have to push them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So, I guess it's less of philosophy and like a series of ideas that I just put across. Because um, outside of jujitsu, I serve tables. I've served tables for almost two decades now. Um, I've trained people. I've been to multiple stores. Trained multiple people. And training people at some point taught me that it's all about, can you capture their attention? Can you get them to do it? And then can you take a step back to let them do it? 
Yeah. If you yeah. can't take the step back, it's not going to be effective. You know, I can't fight your matches for you when you're a kid. I can, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, I get, I get, it's looked down upon. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not, it's right. No one, no one's going to be happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I get it, man. I get it. Cause um, like with me, uh, we, you know, we just opened up a new spot. Um, and we had a kid never did jujitsu. This is like his first actual sport. So, you know, I'm like, okay, how can I approach this? You know, um, cause my, my instructor, not my instructor, but one of my training partners, his son, um, he, he trains with me too. So he was there, but you know, I got this new kid. So I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I get him to, to not only want to do this, but make it feel like, you know, he's, he's, he, he's, he's a natural at this. So, you know, we're going over, you know, basic uh, movements. We you know, Some people call them snakes. Some people call them shrimps. But, you know, we're just going over the basics. And, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, put your foot here. Put your, you know, hands here, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, he was kind of messing up. And then you can kind of see it in his face that he was like, you know, like starting to get discouraged. So, you know, I helped him out a little bit more. And he caught on and I was hyping it up. Like he just got his black belt. Like, man, you sure you ain't never did this before? He, he's like, no, nah. I'm like, you lying to me. I think you did this before. And he's like, no, I didn't. And, you know, he got excited. But when we came to like the, 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 um, like the, the technique portion, what I like to do is, um, especially to keep their attention is I'll show the technique and then I'll have them teach me the technique. Mm -hmm. Like I break it down little by little, you know, I, I like, for example, if we're, we're talking triangle, like, okay, control the arms, foot and the hips, you know, shoot the hips up, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm doing it step by step. And then I'm like, okay, what, you know, I'll ask one student, like, what do you, what do you do first? Like, what do I do first? You're like, oh, you grab the arms and the other, like, okay, what do I do next? And what, you know, go back and forth. And mm -hmm. I found, the, you know, doing it that way, I'm able to walk away from them. And, you know, if I have to help another student or help another group of people, I can look over like, okay, they still got it. Cause I can see them like just going one, two, three, four, five, and you know, so on and so forth. And doing it like that, that also helped me, you know, understand, you know, understand jujitsu a lot better because if I'm teaching this to, to, like, to somebody and they're like, oh, I can't understand what's going on. I can say, okay, what part are you missing? What part are you getting, you're fumbling on? Oh, step number four. And it's like, oh, boom, boom, boom. okay, I got you. You know, it's easy to go to straight there, and it seemed to it seemed to work. So it's a it's a method to my madness that you know, but it, like I said, it it's been working. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. Kind of like my take on it. Man. Oh, I like that, and I and I like the idea that because uh, because for me, I can kind of do steps, but I uh, I don't do well with structure. It sounds really weird, but I can't sit there and and be like okay here's your triangle uh step four or five and, and i have some steps that i do put in there but for the most part a lot of times i get to situations where i show kids something right and then they start to do their live rounds and then they go for the move and it, it doesn't work right and mm -hmm. then they're like oh uh why why isn't this working you know so to speak at some point we get in that conversation and I might, I might actually try, try the idea of, of uh, putting some steps in there so that they can refer back to the ideas and everything. Because there's always the names, you know, put the arm across, grab your shin, grab, grab a few things for like a triangle. But the idea of actually uh, 
putting it into step number one, step number two. I like that. I'll actually, I'll check that out. That's yeah, a, man. The cool thing about jujitsu is I always learn things. <laughs> right. You know, I, you know, if you go, uh, you know, on on Instagram, I actually posted that video. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link to it. But my my school name is Indovu Jujitsu. N D O V U. I guess. I can't believe I can't spell my own school name. But anyway, I have a video on Instagram where I was, you know, we were going over triangles and I was teaching the kids on how to do that. So I, it's it helps me because, you know, I, I know I got bad ADHD. My attention span is is non-existent. So, <laughs> you know, doing it that way, you know, it, it keeps their attention because, you notice like you if you're talking to a group of kids and you're trying to explain something, at least half of them is looking somewhere else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, just you know what I actually do about that is um, I'll ask them questions. So yeah. so I'll get to like a little step and I'll, I'll I'll sit there and I'll be like, all right, I'm here. What do you guys think can happen? And I, and mm -hmm. I kind of let them use their imagination because, you know, sometimes they're brand new. They have no idea what's going to happen next when they're a little more advanced. That changes things. But a lot of times I tend to teach brand new students. I'm on because we split our classes into two sides. We have a more advanced side over here, the yellow belts, gray belts, competitors, stuff like that. And then we have mm -hmm. a fundamental side. And I tended to be on the fundamental side for a long time because I am good at talking. You know, parents feel safe because I'm another parent. There's just something about another parent helping out, teaching kids that changes the, what, the dynamic of the uh, environment that you're in. And so yeah. they would help have me teach these younger kids and um sorry i kind of forgot where i was going off of uh off a tangent from that we, we split them up into two groups i helped the fundamentals and um sometimes when i ask them questions they don't know what's going on right they're like oh, i don't know what's going to happen next and then i my training partner you know will help and he'll be like oh well maybe they do this you know and so it kind of teaches them a live version of the move because a lot of uh, when I teach my morning class, I don't, I can't do the whole like, this is just how you get into a triangle. It has to be like, okay, well, we got here from this position. What do you think can happen next? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it starts to uh, develop the predictability. And then the other partner knows what to do as well for me. Because if, if, if I don't ask that question, what I've gotten is like, I'll do the triangle and then the the player that's in the triangle just lays on his belly or her belly, you know, and <laughs> I'm like, you need some posture. You need to get up on your knees. You can't just fall over, you know? So then we start talking about like, okay, I did this triangle. What happens if they put their arm over here and resist, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, well, look, now we have a Kimura side that we can go to, or, oh, they did let you go here. We can continue on. And so I start trying to give them like that book where you would read a page and you go, do you go to page 10 or do you go to page three next? Right. You know, and so I start trying to take them through this book where I'm like, okay, yeah, we have a triangle. Here's how you finish it. But the path along the way is laid with problems. You're not more than likely just going to triangle somebody. How do you get their arm across? Where's your hip posture? Where's, where's all this little stuff. And by asking them these questions, as I do the technique, that's that's how I tend to get their attention because I, I kind of put the ball in their court. What do you guys think is mm -hmm. going to happen next? What do you what do you think I'm going to do next? What do you think my training partner is going to do next? Mm -hmm. Oh, you were good. That was really close. Oh no, no. But that was a good try. Check this out. This is actually what's going to happen, and that tends to help me teach them a live version of what I'm trying to teach because the steps that I've done and that 
like I said, I'm going to retry it because I tried it back when I was a purple belt and I was like, oh, this isn't working for me. And I kind of tossed it out the window because I was like, I'll figure out what works for me. But now that I've been doing it for a while, now I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to combine the idea of like, okay, step one, two, three, four. And if it goes from step four to this, now we have, yes, the new idea. So really exciting to talk and learn about uh different different ways to teach mm -hmm. you know we can learn a, a baron bolo role and all the fun things but at the end of the day how do i teach it how do i how do i how do i teach you to do a baron bolo role right you know? right how do i get how do i get little johnny to uh start rolling behind people and getting these crazy chokes on the highlight reels and off on that subject I get parents that, that ask me stuff like that, you know, like, when are we going to learn the more advanced stuff? And I don't say a lot like mean or anything like that, but it's, it comes down to, I need your kid to be able to do basic fundamentals first. Right. You know, I need your kid to understand how to shrimp under pressure. I need your kid to understand how to keep pushing the elbow without bringing their body to it, maybe, you know, just mm -hmm. little tiny things. And it's, I, I'd love to teach your kid crazy stuff, but they're going to get smashed by accident because they can't, they don't understand the basic concepts behind it. Right. You know, you don't understand how to move your body. I can't teach your kid the advanced stuff yet. And yeah. at Black Belt, you see some of it, but really you see fundamentals the whole way through. The whole way through, yeah. The, you only see the high level crazy stuff every now and then. And then it's like, oh, I've never seen that on a live television before. You know, so we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um yeah. that's that's I guess my what I do when I teach kids. I, I ask a lot of questions back. I want to know where your mind is because if I can tell where your mind's at, I can better help you. Right. If, I get to know you. I can better help you. Do you like dinosaurs? Do you, you know, are you one of the kids that am I the fastest runner in here? I'm the fastest runner in here. Oh, you're the fastest runner in here. That's great. How many push-ups can you do? Right. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you know what Keep I mean. Keep them engaged, yeah. Yeah. And the and more I know about you, go for it. Yeah, and that's um kind of one of the conversations I had with um, I guess you want to say he's like a partner. Um, he, he owns the, the, the building It's called martial yard. They got like, you know, different, you know, they got kickboxing, boxing, rest and stuff like that. And I do the jujitsu course and, you know, the, the same lady who, um, who signed her son up, I guess she had a conversation with him and she was like, oh, I don't like the way he, he teaches kids class. She didn't come to me and tell me this. She came to tell him. And, you know, I was like, okay, what did she say? What does she not like or whatever, you know? So she's like, oh, you know, she she said that, you know, he was on the mats for a minute and then next, you know, he was playing soccer. And I was like, <clears throat> well, if she was, you know, paying attention, you know, with kids class, you can't do an hour, hour and a half kids class. <laughs> You're not going to be able to keep their attention for that long. So what I do is, you know, I'll, you know, we get the warm ups. We, you know, we'll go over, I'll break down one technique for them to do for like 30, 40 minutes. And then for the remaining class, I have them, you know, just let their let their minds go. They play, they run around. If they want to tussle around, they can, so on and so forth. Because I promise you, if I do a whole hour of this class, they're not going to like it. Yeah, absolutely. They're not, not going to like it. 
So she was like, um, yeah, she told him that. I was like, and I explained to him how I do it. And he was like, I'm not questioning how you do it because I don't do jujitsu, so I don't know how that works. But he said, I do understand teaching kids is 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 a it's it's not easy. It's not easy. So yeah, I, that's what I was like, you know, she, I, you know, she comes, you know, I even try to get her to engage with it too, so she can kind of see what's going on. Because I do notice the difference if I have a student, if I have a kid there, and their parent is kind of like, even if they're not like on the mask, but they're kind of involved, they they see the enjoyment that they're getting out of their kids. But if you're tucked off in the corner and you're looking down at your phone, you're not really paying attention to what's going on, and you just look up and say, well, he's not doing what they're doing; they're over here playing. So you you know you get that false perception of you know what they're doing but like no he's literally over here learning a triangle on his first day of class and he's doing a phenomenal job mm-hmm. and the whole time he has a kool-aid smile because he learned something new so that's just i don't know that's just i guess it just you know obviously the good and the bad comes with you know uh, come with teaching but it was just that was just weird to me I was like, you don't, you're not paying attention, and you know, you're not paying attention enough to understand what's going on, or you're not showing any like any type of um, engagement in it. But you're quick to say like, oh no, I don't like the way he teaches. But it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Well, you don't know what you don't know, you know. It's a right. fun word that I I like to tell parents sometimes. You know, like, hey, I understand that you can see this, and I understand that I'm the one teaching here. Um, there's a reason for that. There's a reason mm-hmm. I teach your child. There's a reason you do not in this case. Um, right. It's not because it's not just because I do jujitsu. I, like I said, I've been a server for a long time. All I deal with is the public, you know, so I'm very used to how people react, how children react, how a lot of things happen. And when I do get parents that don't like something like that, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I know you're like, you know, try to get her engaged. I've done that too, where I've been like, hey, you know, do you want to come try it too? And the, the conclusion I eventually got to is you can't please everybody. Not everybody is going to agree with the way right. you do something. You know, right. I've also been shell-shocked before because I had a, a student, I thought they were doing great. I thought everything was great. Come to find out, uh, I was the reason they eventually quit because I wasn't showing enough attention to their to their student and sometimes we get big classes I'll, I'll fully admit it and you know and it's hard to get around to 30 students and be the only one and get them to do it and we don't with our school because we have so many students we actually have to structure it to where we separate the age groups a lot like we have four to seven they go for 40 minutes we have um like eight to ten and they go for another like 40, like 50 minutes. And then we have uh, 11 to 15 that we do for an hour. So mm-hmm. we separate everybody into individual things. So in our actuality, we shortened our, our toddler class because it is so hard to keep their attention for yeah. that, that hour, hour and a half, you know, like trying to keep kids, uh, engaged that's why you have to start doing other things you know when i was uh teaching toddlers class when i first started one of the games we played was like sharks and minnows or cats and dogs or there's lots of names um but what i would do is i i I wouldn't have them run i would have them i would have like one side would butt scoop and then i would have the middle kids your goal is to get behind them and hug them 
you know, you would try to basically take the back. And if you can't mm -hmm. take the back, then they're still in. And what it created for me was kids that were doing jujitsu without realizing they were doing jujitsu. You know, their, their whole thing was all I had to butt scoot across the mat to get to the other side, mm -hmm. you know, and the middle guys was, I have to stop you. But in all actuality, because I gave them these parameters uh, where all you can do is butt scoot, that's it. Butt scoot and push away. You can't, you can't let them get to your back, you know? And the other people I'd make them, I don't know, bear crawl or army crawl or something, butt scoot as well. And you have mm -hmm. to use these tools to move you across the mat and you have to go catch people like this. And what I yeah. found was at the younger kids, it's great because they'll learn everything through games or jujitsu. Mm -hmm. But parents can't always see that because right. they're not they're not coaches for multiple kids. All they normally deal with is their own kid. And that's great. But when you have a lot of kids, you have to think of a multitude of things and ways to get them all engaged, not just one kid. It's a new um, soccer mom. Like the, you know, the parents, you know, jiu-jitsu <laughs> parents are like the new soccer moms. And, <laughs> you know, it's like every time I tell somebody that, that I get that same reaction because it's like, damn, that's kind of true. Like, oh, why my son is not starting or why my son's not doing X, Y, Z. It's like, well, your son is not, you know, he's not there yet. It's not saying that he would never be, but you kind of have to just let them grow. You know, not every kid is going to be the next Gordon Ryan or Mike Musimechi or anything like that. They just might be that, you know, that one kid that just do it for the love of it. They might not want to compete. I've seen that so many times at competitions where as soon as the match starts, the kid's crying because they don't want right. to be there. But they're trying. They're, 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 they're trying. They're trying to do, go for their sweeps and all the stuff that they drilled. And once one thing they go wrong, face turn red, nose snotty, eyes crying, and everything else. Yeah. And it's like, come on! I was like, it's it's wild. But yeah, you just like you say, you know, you're not gonna, you can't please everybody. Um, you only can, you know, do what you can. You know, try to get them. Like you said, you gotta get them to understand that there's a reason why this belt's tied around my waist, and you know. It's not on you. You know, it's not on you. I'm on the mats. You're not. So on and so forth. So it's like, it's a give and take. You know, when it comes to it. So just like I said, just kind of have to learn to, you know, learn to get. Well, you have to develop thick skin because that's not going to be the first and not going to be the last time you're going to hear that. And just like I said, just keep yeah. it moving. Yeah. And you know, well, especially as a coach. Yeah. Especially as a coach, you got to develop thick skin too because, I mean. Like in my gym, the parents are pretty cool. Parents are pretty cool. But I've been to some other places, man, where I've seen uh, the instructor in the corner and another parent just up in arms over something. You know, I'm not eavesdropping, but I can tell something's going on. And I've seen it numerous times. And I'm I'm always curious, like, is that the parent doing, you know, the crazy mom thing or crazy dad thing? Is it the academy that I'm at at the current moment that I just don't see the underlining tones because I'm a guest, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I really try to take this with a grain of salt because I've been in numerous situations where the parents on the right, you know, I've seen the instructor messed up somehow. You know, I messaged the other day, we have a rule. We don't let uh, brothers and sisters or brothers and brothers roll during live rounds, right? There's too much competition. They fight, they get upset. I didn't realize mm -hmm. these two were brother and sister and the brother just started demolishing his sister <laughs> like it was, you know, world finals. 
and she punched him in the balls right afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, what no. are you guys doing? What is happening? And then the, uh, the other instructor comes running over. She's like, brother, sister, you can't do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, I look over at the parent and I'm like, I'm sorry, you know. I, I didn't realize, and the parent was thankfully understanding in this case, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Um, but I've seen it as well turn bad in that case where the parent takes that opportunity. And that's, that's another thing I tell people uh, when, I'm, when we do like meetings and stuff like that. Look, people are going to take opportunity and they're going to run with it. If you give them an inch, they're going to try to take that a mile. You know, so yeah. when you mess up, own up to it. But don't don't take it too far because uh takers don't stop and givers have a limit Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so if you come across something like that a lot of times i tell people hey be nice be courteous at some point you have to defer and be like hey i'm sorry if if you have more problems we have people at the front desk as well that are like the actual owners of the academy and everything and i'm like hey I, I don't know what else to tell you. Please take it up with them at this point because I can't tell you any more as a coach other than what I've already done. I'm sorry. I messed up. I don't know how to move forward from here if you can't move forward. You know, right. and that's 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 where it gets to sometimes. So I don't I don't know. Parents are um are very interesting because even in today's world, a lot of kids are homeschooled. But a lot of kids still go to regular school. Uh, a lot of other people raise our kids, and I, I don't think that's something we really realize, right? When they go to yeah. school for eight hours, yeah. somebody else raises your kid. When they go to jujitsu for those couple hours, somebody else is raising your kid at the moment. Mm-hmm. Our, our children are are literally raised by other people the majority of the time. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. So, so it's it's very important to yes pick who teaches your kids. But at the same time, there's a reason that other people teach your kids is because when they get to become adults, unless they literally live with you and you make all the rules and for some reason they never rebel, uh, they have to go out in the real world and function. And that's, you know, like going back to what we were talking about in the beginning with the kids, that's what I aim to give them. I want them to mm-hmm. be high-functioning adults that can make choices for themselves, confident choices, and know that they're doing the right thing at least trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's that's the tool. That's what I'm trying to give your kids. I, like I said, yes, I want them to learn how to protect themselves. Of course I want that. Of course I want you to go to a competition and place first. But you know what? That metal gets old. Uh, the competition goes stale. At some point, you're going to be an adult. You're going to have to make money. You're going to have to figure out how to live, how to wash your dishes, how to do laundry and everything. And in the moments where you don't want to, did I give you the tools that help you perform that? Right. You don't want to fold your laundry, but you have to, because if you don't fold your laundry, stuff's not going to happen. Are you going to take that ability to go, ah, I failed last time, but you know what? I'm going to try it again. Cause you never mm-hmm. know what impact you have on somebody's life. Honestly. Right. Yeah. You never did. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I saw this quote, man. It says like, you know, you never know who's watching. Just, just keep going. And, you know, that's that prime example. Like, you know, it's, you know, as a as a martial artist, you know, and, you know, as well as an instructor, that's the most important thing. Like, yeah, I can 
teach your kid so many techniques. You know, I can teach them every single technique in the book, but if they're not developing that that mind frame to not only learn it, but actually grow from it, you know, what are we really teaching? Like, yeah, it's, I, I, you know, I see it, I see it in academies where it's like, you know, drill, 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 drill. But like, what are you actually instilling into the kid? Like, what are you, what are you doing to, like you said, impact them off the mat? Because yeah, I, I didn't, until you said it, I never realized that, like how much we don't teach our kids. Cause you know, we work, you know, you know, as adults, we work, you know, we work eight hours, the kids go to school for six, eight hours, and then they have I know after school activities and so on and so forth. So yeah, I didn't think about that. And it's like, damn, you you are totally right. Yeah, like, yeah my, my daughter gets home from, from school, she you know does her homework, does her chores, whatever, and boom, I'm off the door going to class, or she you know she's going on with me, so she's my student for another two hours. Like I'm, you know, I'm dead in between from picking her up, you know, taking her to school to picking her up, going to class, leaving class. You know, those are my my dad moments. Everything else, either she's with the teacher or I'm, or I'm her teacher, you know. So, yeah, it's yeah, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never thought about that. Never really thought about that. But, you know, as adults, we think about that, too. Like, yeah, we don't see our families. We at work eight hours out the day, so we don't get that time of interaction. Yeah, so are the kids. Like you said, so are the kids. They're being raised and taught by somebody else. So yeah, that's wild, man. This is a big yeah, well, boof moment right there. <laughs> well, it's, well, we're part of the system, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we, we grew up in that, so to us, it's perfectly normal. But when you really, kind of like your steps, right? When you're talking about mm -hmm. your steps and everything with uh, the moves, it's kind of the same thing with the with that. We just follow the same steps our, our, our parents and other teachers left for us. And those mm -hmm. are the steps that we follow. You know, and so yeah. we just basically just putting some more steps down for the next generation to go do their thing. Um, and that's, yeah. I do have a question, actually. Uh, yeah. I'm always curious from, from parent, parent coaches and everything. How do you handle being a coach and a parent towards your, towards your kids? You know what? It was funny. I was going to ask you the same question, but um... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, <laughs> right. It's it's weird um, at first because, um, you know, I have to tell my, you know, I have to tell my daughter, like, OK, when we're on the mats, I'm not daddy. I'm, you know, I'm Sensei Lamar or Sensei Smith or, you know, coach, instructor or whatever. And it's it's really hard to kind of like pull yourself away from being a dad. And, you know, you, you, it's that blurred line you're trying to find because you don't want to be like, you don't want to count on them every time something goes wrong. But at the same time, you still want to make sure that they're, you know, they're okay. So there's been moments where I'm, I'm like a little bit hard on my daughter because uh, she's like, you know, not getting the technique and she just want to quit. So I'm like, no, no, you get out there and you do what you do. Da, da. And then I have to kind of pull her to the side, let her know like, hey, I'm not mad at you. You know, as your dad, I'm not mad at you. As your dad, I'm proud of you. You know, I'm, but as your instructor, I need you to understand this is not playtime. This is, you know, if you want to, if you want to do this, you got to do this. Cause she always tells me, she's like, oh, daddy, I, re I would really like to try to compete because she saw me compete. <laughs> so I had to tell her, like, okay, this is something more advanced that you, you really have to pay attention in class. Like, I'm not just going to sign you up because you want to get signed up because I don't want you to get hurt. As your instructor and as your father, I don't want you to get hurt. But if this is what you want to do, 
You got to take your classes more seriously. You got to do this. You got to do that. Even if I'm not instructing, whoever is instructing, you give them respect. You show them respect and you act You act as if I'm teaching you myself. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's that blurred line, man, where it's like, you know, she was like one time she was rolling and um, one of the kids, I forgot, he, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's a boy, so he's a little stronger and he just muscled out of something and she, you know, she kind of face planted a little bit and she just kind of laid there and a part of me wanted to run over, like, oh no, my baby. But I'm like, no, you got to get up. You got to keep fighting. And there's nothing, you know, are you hurt? She's like, no, get up and keep going. But yeah, like I said, it's, that, it's just trying to find that line, man, of being a parent slash coach. Yeah. My, my uh, older one didn't want to compete at all. So she, uh, a lot of like the jujitsu thing, she didn't want to even do anything. She wants, she's one of those people, she likes to sit on her computer and just do mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. so I was like, no, you need to go do something in life, something other than that. And that's, that's another reason I put her in jujitsu. And at first she didn't really want to do it. She didn't want to do anything else. So then I was like, fine, well, if you're not gonna do anything else, you're at least just gonna go to class, just go to class. Um, but I wasn't her instructor at the time, uh, somebody else was. And mm-hmm. he was uh, an old school, hard nosed, do not question me type of instructor. He was very difficult, ran a lot of students and parents off. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll leave it at that, uh, just one of those. But the thing of it was is I took it as an opportunity and I told her this too. I, this is an opportunity for you to learn how to deal with difficult people because not everybody's agreeable. Not everybody's going to be like, you're going to get a boss at some point in your life. Yeah, At some point. Yeah. <laughs> and this is exactly what he's going to be like. And mm-hmm. if I can show you what to do, develop some coping mechanisms for yourself, because that's really what it comes down to. We develop coping mechanisms to learn how to deal with things. So at a younger age, I told her, go in there, you know, if things get out of hand, obviously I'll handle things, but they never really got out of hand for her. She got reprimanded a, a couple times because that's just his personality and whatever, but she learned what to do about it. And now that she's older, she's 13. She's finally thinking about competing after five oh, years. Okay. Yeah. You know, I never pushed her for it. I was never, I, in fact, when we were on the mats together these last three years, I'll coach you, but I only coach you within reason because if I start coaching you and you start going down this path, once I go down this path, I'm an all or nothing person. I don't kind of do things. Yeah. I really do things. Yeah. So when I put that on you, when you finally feel the weight of actual competition, training, getting ready, having to prep, the mentality of it and everything, understand, I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what you need for that. But it's tough yeah. and it's a lot tougher than what you're used to getting from me. So I don't yeah. want you to just get burnt out. So just go. I tell people jujitsu is like brushing your teeth. Yeah, you might not want to always do it, but you know what? If you don't brush your teeth, you ain't got no more teeth. Right. You know, and so, <laughs> <laughs> I told my kids, like, look, you're going to brush. You don't always want to, but you know <laughs> what's going to happen. Right. If you don't. And I made my kids go. And so they've gone, you know, and. When it's time, when they're like sick, I don't make them go. When they've had more than enough and they're starting to get to where they're like, I don't like this, I'm like, take a break. We'll come back next week. You know, yeah. jujitsu doesn't go anywhere. Jujitsu stays. The only thing that goes are the people. Mm-hmm. Right? Jujitsu never went anywhere. You left. Your your kid left. Other people left. But jujitsu is going to be there when you get done. When you're yep. ready to come back, we're ready for you. You know, and yep. so I told my kids, take a break, take a moment, and then come back for it. 
I told people yeah. that at my gym too. Like, don't take too much time off. Mm-hmm. But take some time off sometimes because our brains, like if you're training five days a week, you may get better. But after some point, you're going to start to really focus on specific things, right? Like, yeah. like, like your knee cut that you just can't get down. But if you take a couple of weeks, your brain starts to put all the synapses together and actually puts the math down so that you can perform these this that knee cut that you were looking for better than if yeah. you were just grinding away at it for a while. And that's um yeah. you know that's something I explained to my wife too because um you know when I started she would kind of like come to class and um you know my instructor would like you know see yourself on the sidelines so he just go over there like okay you 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 know you want to try it and she'd be like oh, no but eventually she you know she she jumped on the mats and she was getting pretty good. And, you know, I never, you know, I, I don't pressure her to do anything. And, you know, to the one day she came to me and she was like, you know, you know, I'm, I, I really want to start taking it serious, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, now fair warning. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this. You know, we're, we're not going to half-ass it. Like, you know, I take, you know, I take jujitsu very, very serious. I'm not like a hard ass, but like, you know, it's, it's something that's, that's dear and important to me. I know how much time and sacrifice I put into it. I don't like to just, you know, just dick around with this. And she's like, okay, yeah, I got it, blah, blah, blah. But I think one of, um, one of the last times before she took her break, we, you know, we rolled and we rolled hard because she was getting ready to test for her. You no, know, I was getting her prepared for her blue belt test. And we, 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 we went, Boom. I'm like, we about to roll. We about to do a 10 minute match and we're going to do the whole 10 minutes. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, if you tap, the clock stops. If you tap me, the clock stops. And then we're just going to keep going. This is what you have to do. You have to, you have to go, go, be able to go, 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 go. And then that's when she realized she's like, yeah, I wasn't ready as I thought I was. I was like, yeah, (laughs) you know, there's a difference between, you know, hubby and instructor, you know, like, yeah. So yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, my girl learned that too actually i mean she already knew because she 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 used to tell me like we're not going to become a jiu-jitsu family when i first started you know famous last words of course right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure whatever <laughs> yeah 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 so here we are now and um she finally decided to try it because we i, I helped her and in her family her weight goes up and down you know it's, it's a struggle thing so she has to deal with that um, and I, and I'm, I'm willing to help to some degree, but kind of the same thing. I'm like, Hey, yo, there's a difference between me helping you as an instructor coach or something like that versus being your man. You know, uh, when I'm your man, I'm going to be a lot nicer when, when it's not. And I know you too. And that's the other thing too, is you know what they can deal with. So when they're, when, when you're being bullshitted, so to speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh, you automatically are like, uh, no, I know what you can do. Stop, stop trying to play me right now. You know, which right. sometimes frustrates them too. But it, it is what it is. But she got into jujitsu uh, recently again, so that she could start losing weight. You know, because it is a great tool. So long as you exercise, go to class, and don't get hurt. You're you're gonna you're gonna get you're better. You're gonna, yeah, exactly. And um, she came for a while, and and she was doing really good. And then we stopped going recently. Uh, she she's gonna get back into it after the new year, 
But for a while there, life got just crazy, right? And we realized that because if I go there at the six o'clock and then I come home and then we got to go again at the 11 because that's the only time that she can go because we got to pick kids up later and stuff. Um, so then I'm there this, this, the morning, 11, and then I got to pick the next kid up by two. I'm getting done by one. So I'm getting some food and then I'm going to get the kids. And then my whole day is driving around because I'm out here in Arizona. So if you're ever out in Arizona, you already know. Uh, all we do out here is drive. Everything is driving out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have to get my kids. And what I found is I can't do my normal tasks. Like I love jujitsu. Don't misunderstand me. But I have to get laundry done. I have to do the dishes. I have to pick up yeah. the toys that the kids have left behind. I can't be here all the time. And it, it, it got to a point where it was like, well, either A, she doesn't come with me because she takes the kids to school in the morning so I can go teach the class mm -hmm. or B she has to go by herself and I have to get stuff done on the time that I'm not doing the classes and everything like that. And so it's become a, a tough situation where it's like, I just don't have enough time to comfortably get everything done. Cause I mean, I, I guess it is an excuse. I, I'm getting older. I just cannot recover yeah, I, I get it. A day and still perform at the house like I'm supposed to. Right. <laughs> Kids are all jumping on me like that. We're ready to go. I'm like, I need to ice my knee. I can't. I can't walk right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I get it, man. I I get it. It's yeah. It's like you know, there's there's not enough hours in the day, man. And trying to balance, yeah, being a dad, you know, being a husband, being an instructor and whatnot it's like yeah I, I i'm too many hats i can't take them off yeah. but at the same time yeah. it's like you just kind of yeah gotta bite down grit and just get it done pretty much so the new year is coming up and we're gonna readjust is basically what's gonna happen or uh, yeah. as it yeah. was on what is it bjj fanatics uh make some micro adjustments yeah micro <laughs> micro uh, micro adjustments yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna get the new year going and, and kind of figure out which direction we want to go. So, I mean, I, I recently I tried to uh, start sticking a flag in the ground to open my own academy and stuff like that. But the place I was going, it's all being developed right now, and they, they just want too much money for what I need because I love jujitsu, mm -hmm. but um, I went to this one place, man, and they want like two hundred thousand dollars for like twelve hundred square feet to help build the initial build out of it. And I'm just like. I don't know if that's worth my time. So now I'm biding my time because I'm, I'm going to open my own place that that's going to happen. So, so at some point right. I, I'm going to have my own spot, but I, I, I learned a lot this year through business aspect of it. I can't just put a flag in the ground and be like, Hey guys, I'm here. I teach jujitsu and uh, you want to open your doors. There is so much more that went into it that, I had to take a step back and go, okay, let's reanalyze life real quick. Let's, yeah. where is my jujitsu journey at? What am I, what are my plans even for jujitsu this year? Mm -hmm. You know, cause I competed, I competed at my first black belt tournament this year. Um, I took third. I lost to uh, the guy that took first. He's like a 20 year vet. And that's the other thing too, is when you get to black belt, everybody, uh, and yeah. you're master one, master two, that's great, but you're not playing with uh, five-year veterans. You're talking about people that were trying to win world masters 10 years ago, or, or, or world, sorry, adult worlds 
10 years ago, now at mm -hmm. adult masters, uh, world masters, trying to win another, another medal at, in their, their late thirties, early forties, you know, uh, who is it? Paulo meows and all them, you know, they're in the master divisions. Now you're, yeah. you're, you're not getting regular people. So it's crazy because I meet people that have legends from back in the day that, you know, I go and roll with them and, and people come up to me like, Oh, you got to roll with uh, so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I did. And I kind of know who they are, but the weight of what they've done doesn't hit me at that moment because I compete too. Yeah. You know, so, but, but other people see it and they're like, that must be so cool. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Kick my ass kind of sucked in that aspect, but you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a great, it's a great experience to, uh, to go out there and meet people that pioneered the sport to where it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I can't understand the full weight of it, you know, it's kind of like, like your journey. I don't know the full weight of your journey. I don't know what you went through to get where you are now but i'm mm -hmm. sure that there are some stories in there that you've told people i'm sure there's stories in there that you've told nobody you know mm -hmm. and those all together create where we are at this point yeah yeah and the craziest thing is now that i'm a black belt it's it's actually even more like what do i do now oh yeah yeah. What do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> At purple belt, brown belt, blue belt, what have you. I had a, you know, the black belt is the goal, winning competitions. You just show up and exercise. At mm -hmm. black belt, I have to choose to exercise with you. Yeah. You it's a whole different ball game, man. Whole different beast. Yeah. It's hard because, like, I, I want to teach the class and then I have to go and I, and I don't, I love helping. Don't misunderstand me. But sometimes I don't exercise because I'm helping. And then a couple of weeks have gone by and I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't even really done much other than show. And I've done some rounds at the end of the day, but I haven't actually drilled. I haven't done any of the things that we do coming up. And that's where you start seeing a lot of black belts get hurt because they yeah. aren't exercising like they used to, you know, a lot of, a lot of black belts that I've learned recently go to uh, weightlifting now, start, yeah. start weightlifting to compensate for it. I, I still have yet to go that direction. I don't, I don't know. Man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, you know, definitely trying to find that balance. Um, and, you know, like you said, once you, once you get the black belt, it's kind of like, all right, I'm here. Hello. What do I do next? Like, you know, it's like, there's no more tests. There's no more belts. There's no more rank. Well, you know, you rank, but that's all come with time. But yeah, like, it's, it's like, okay, what do I do now? Hello. <laughs> you know, I'm still calling my instructor on a lot of things. Like, hey, man, can you take and explain to me X, Y, Z, and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, absolutely. It's been, uh, no, you got to do thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know, man. My other thing that kills me is like people get, uh, get their belt and they're like, Oh, I'm going to start making money. I'm going to, this is going to pay my way. And, uh, it's a harsh reality to start learning like privates. You don't get privates every day. You know what I mean? People don't pay for privates every day. It's not like you get your black belt and all of a sudden you start making all this money unless you yeah, already had a to your door. 
Yeah. Yeah. They don't even half the time. People don't even notice the name. That was so in Modesto, California. That's where I started. Right. We had uh, Samir Chantre and Osvaldo Cascino, both world champions, open a school. Right. And they the school is successful. But what, one of the things that they learned really quickly that they referred to me that I've taken to heart is that their name in of itself didn't draw people unless you are already in the community. And people that are already in the community are a smaller community, right? So your people that tend to pay the bills and stuff like that are your newer people. Because your older people, there's fewer of them that are like purples, browns, blues. Your white belts coming in, they're the ones that pay the bills. or They're the most plentiful. Yeah. They're... They're your, they're your money maker, you know, especially like you get mm-hmm. high level competitors, right? I see this all the time, man. I'll go to a gym and just because I have a black belt, they're like, I don't pay for anything. And I'm like, but you're a business. Like I want to pay you because you're a business, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the hard leap that I see for a lot of people is when you get your black belt, now all of a sudden you got to make it a business or it's just a hobby, Right. Because if you're not if you're not making money off of it, at the end of the day, you're doing it because you love it, which is what the majority yeah. of us do. The majority of us yeah. just do jujitsu because we love doing jujitsu. But if you're going to make money, there's a lot of steps. There's so much more to the business aspect of it that I didn't realize coming into it this year that I had to really start thinking about that I, I was I was being taught. I have some some great mentors for not just jujitsu but the business side of it as well. And your white belts and your kids are how you keep the lights on. Your, your white belts are yeah. how you keep the lights on. Your kids are how you make your, your vacation money, so to speak, or, or your upgrades, or whatever it is you're going to do for your business. But you'll have four color belts, four white belts, right? All the color belts are a different color. You got a brown, purple, blue, maybe, and, and, and you might be the black belt on the mat, but you got those four white belts. Yeah, and they're the ones that pay your bills. They're the ones that yeah. are really going to want the privates as it comes along. You might get a color belt that's like, hey, private, but they're going to do that once, twice, maybe. Maybe they pay for a bundle and then they're good for a while. You know, so <clears throat> white belts are the the bread and butter. So, you know, be, I'm kind of nice to them. I'm kind of mean to them. I make them feel like they belong. Yeah. You know, that's the yeah. biggest thing with white belts is, is make them feel like they belong with us. Because mm-hmm. when you walk in there and you take that leather belt off to go put a white belt on, uh, it's real easy to forget where we all came from. You know, everybody remember the anxiety just walking from the car to the door? There were a mm-hmm. lot of anxiety. I remember, and I was like, I was a wrestler and I was like, I know what grappling's about. I still have these crazy feelings just going up and being like, hey, I, I, I want to try something new. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when I get these people that are brand new, I'm really about like, here's how we do hip escapes and I'll hip escape with them, you know, or I'll, I'll, I'll have one of my higher belts come over and be like, hey, can you take them through the ropes while I take, while I do this real quick, you know, yeah. and, and it starts to create that communication that, that brother sisterhood that we all have through jiu-jitsu, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't count how many times I go to a party and I'm all like, oh, I hope I meet somebody that does jujitsu. And I yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, please let there be 
one other person that you just Oh, I do uh, like, I do some taekwondo. <laughs> right, right. I think yeah. there's been a handful of times where I've been places where like I have a like a black belt is doing well, I usually have like a whatever rank I am, like a street belt, you know. And I may get somebody say, "Oh, you're you know you're a blue you're, you're a purple belt or you're a blue belt in jujitsu," and it's like, "Oh, somebody I can connect with, instant friend." Yeah, it doesn't happen as much as we like, but you know, no, no not at yeah. all. I have a guy that I work with, uh, and uh, he he does boxing, MMA, and jujitsu and stuff, and wrestled mm-hmm. back in the day. And um, I thought I a couple of open mats, you know, play around with them because when I go to work, nobody has any idea the depth of what I do you know they know that I that I I'm pretty decent at what I do but regular people if you don't train boxing Muay Thai or some sort of uh martial arts you have no idea right what 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 could possibly happen to you so it's always interesting when I meet somebody that does MMA that does jujitsu or wrestle or box or Muay Thai I love all those type of things because they're pressure tested, right? If it's not pressure tested, I, I struggle to believe in it initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we pressure test everything, I brought him to some open mats. And the first thing I do is I, I keep myself safe. You know, a lot of times people are always like, well, you must kick people's ass. I'm like, well, actually a lot of times if you're new, I'm probably going to be like this a lot of times to protect my face and my head. Cause you're probably going to try to accidentally elbow me or kick me in the face. Right. So a lot of times, <laughs> I'm actually, yes, I'm, I'm rolling and I'm doing things, but a lot of what I do is I protect myself. And once you start hitting blue belts, purple belts and stuff, the game opens up, you know, but when I got white belts, man, I'm protect my knees. You never know when someone's seen a heel hook on a UFC and they walk into your gym and all of a sudden they get a hold of a foot and they're just like, oh, look, I saw this on TV. And just <laughs> and, right full sends it yeah. and now I'm out for a couple of years because my knee is fucking shattered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah So when I meet new people, it's it's almost like a street fight. I'm not in it. I'm not here to to just choke you out or or hurt you or smash you. Ninety percent of the time, I'm just trying to keep myself safe and keep you safe on top of it because you don't know what you don't know, and you might turn the wrong way, and I have to know that you're turning the wrong way. I have to know that my knee is going the wrong way, and you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing that. And I'm going to get out of it, and then I'm going to talk to you about it. But I, I have to make sure that I have all those things handled for your sake as a white belt. You know, so a lot of what I do is I'm making sure – and the other I, – I always roll with them first when they're, when they're brand new too because I have to establish what are you like. You know, we talked about with the kids. I'm all about the mind. Um, I need to know what you're like. Are you going to come out here and just try to hurt people? You know, do I have to talk to you about that? Are you not going hard enough at all? You just a limp noodle and you just kind of let people do whatever they want to you. Okay. Well, this is a lot like rolling with your cousins or your brother, you know, something like Mm -hmm. that. So I like to assess who you are so that I can figure out how to best help you. Right. And that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, even with color belts, first roll I'm, I'm the first one. When you walk in that doors, you will come with me first and I'll figure it out. If you beat me because you're a high-level brown belt, great. You know, I can tell you where your game goes from there. You mm-hmm. know, I can help you because I see your place. 
But if I don't roll with you and I sit on the outside, I'll have a observation, but I don't actually feel you. You know, when we have, when we, when we do jujitsu, if you and I were to roll, it's a conversation between us. We're exchanging a conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to have a conversation if we're not the two in it. At that point, we're spectators. Mm -hmm. You know, you you ever watch somebody play a video game, GTA or something like that. And in the back of your head, you're like, I play better than that. I play better than that. And you go to play it and you're like, thought dead within five minutes or something like that. <laughs> like, dude, I suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the way I kind of view it. You know, when you sit outside and you don't actually roll with your students or stuff like that, yeah, you're going to know things, but you're not going to have the intimate knowledge that I have with my students because I'm in the grit with them, because I'm down there rolling with them. I'm the first one. Uh, I'll be the last one if you want. I will roll every single round with you if you need. Because mm-hmm. I'm here to make you better. But it's hard for me to do that if I don't know who you are. Exactly. No, I get it. I definitely get it. I mean, you know, well-spoken, man. And I can't, you know, there's nothing else I can add to that that you haven't already said. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely a level um, that comes with, you know, there's a, like, you know, level of uh, pressure that comes with, um, you know, being a black belt. Or, you know, just being a high-level brown belt. It's still, you know, it starts to tack on. And then, yeah, once you hit black, it's just like, it ramps up, you know, hundred percent, but just kind of not to roll with the punches, man, and get out there and, and, and do what you got to do. Right. That's right. Keep myself safe, man. That's yeah. Keep yourself safe. <laughs> keep yourself keep safe. Yep. Tap early. Um, tap I go early, to like, tap often. Yeah. And like one of my favorite things to do actually is to go to open mats where I don't know anybody whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Because like when I teach and I'm the instructor and you see that black belt, it doesn't matter. You could tell yourself you're blue in the face. The black belt doesn't matter. But people are visual creatures. And as soon as you see that black belt tied around my waist, you're automatically going to give me a different type of respect. Automatically going to happen. Right. But when I go to like open mats and we're a nogi and I don't have my rank going and everything like that, I get treated just like everybody else. And that's when it's really like it's nice because – all of a sudden, they're not like, oh, I, I, I let go. I lost because he's a black belt. Oh, I, I, you know, it's okay. I don't really have to try. He's a black belt. Now, these guys have no idea. So when they start, you know, losing, getting a little deeper into the waters or something, all of a sudden, they're trying everything they can. And I really, at that moment, have to know what I'm doing, you know, because I get treated like everybody else gets treated finally. And so yeah. that's, that's probably yeah. one of my favorite things for jujitsu is just going to open mats where you don't know me keep myself safe, tap early if I get caught, or if I get a submission, go slow. You know, I don't go to places and rip things either. I'm not here to end your career because I have an ego. I'm here to get better. Sometimes, man, it's hard to get better when everybody knows you and you're not training with uh, the cream of the crop, so to speak, because we have that at my school. You know, we have professional athletes at my academy. But they're always at the 11 or the night class. And, you know, as a parent, sometimes, man, I, I got to go feed my kids. I ain't got time to train at night. My kids have been it's hungry been here for, <laughs> for three hours. And they've been here about three hours and they ready to go. And as bad as you want to stay, it's like, no, nah, I got to I gotta go to them, man. I get it. I hear you. Uh, I hear you. Yeah, I got to do what I got to do. So so the open mats, um, they're, they're the fun ones. And, and, and I tell people this, too. Like, unless you really know the owners and instructors, cover yourself. Go, go get some spats. Go get a long sleeve rash guard because at the end of the day, uh, people talk about hygiene and stuff like that. 
you're responsible for your own hygiene. You know, so if you go in and their mats are dirty, yes, that's their that's their fault. But you're the one that has to deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. you go home with that skin infection. You go home with something amiss. So I tell everybody, if you go someplace you don't know, cover yourself. Get a long sleeve rash guard. Get some spats. Get some shorts. Cover yourself. Keep yourself clean. And then take a shower afterwards. You know, right. take a shower before, preferably, but. <laughs> <laughs> before and after, right. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a thing that, it's a thing that people don't talk about, you know, is, is hygiene. You know, we talk about smelly geese and everything. And yeah, that's, that's of course the thing, but your gi covers you at least. Yeah. You know, when you start talking about no gi and you see, I see people like shirtless slipping Ugh. across the mat, Ugh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You're cool. You, you do your thing. You know, I, I understand. Yeah, you, got, but you got muscles, man. Put a put a rash guard on. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, though, you're literally mopping up all the stuff into your skin and leaving your own bacteria all over the mat, which has enough. But then you you think about it, and people get spider bites. You know, that's my favorite, favorite thing that I hear from people. Oh, I got the spider bite. Well, y'all don't have the same spider all living in the same house. What's going on here? Like something else is going on, you know? So either A, you guys aren't taking care of yourselves after practice or the mats aren't being dealt with, you know? There's a multitude of things that I could bring up, but you don't know when you go to other people's places. So just keep yourself safe. Wear the rash guard. Yes, you have muscles, but wear the rash guard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, Jacob, yeah, man. man. Um, uh, this is, you know, we got to wrap this up. Uh, so yeah, yeah. we have a staple here that we ask everybody that comes on the show, man. Um, you know, past or present, who would you love to get a chance to roll with? Your top three people. Oh, man. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll put Gordon Ryan out there just because it'd be always interesting to, to face – Face the man that's just leading the way in Nogi right now. Like, hands down, that guy's doing what he's doing right now. So he's just somebody I'd love to feel. Um, I'd like to actually go back, and um, I forget his name right now. I'm not the greatest names, but um, he's the one that brought uh, jiu-jitsu to Brazil, right? I, uh, I forget his, his name right now. I could look it up, but I'd love to roll with him. The guy that... Um, that taught uh, the Gracies jujitsu and stuff like that. I would love to see like what jujitsu was like. Why before. is this? Yeah, yeah. Why you you know, you know, name? we all should know it. Bro. I'm looking right at his face right now. <laughs> <laughs> K- is, it, is it Kato? Is it Kato? Oh, what's his name? Yeah, I, and, I, and I'm really uh, sorry if I offended anybody because I'm I don't sorry. know. I'm sorry. Yeah. We should know this. We should know this. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll do my history lesson after this. But I uh, promise. I promise. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to roll with him. Yeah. To see like the evolution of it. Yes, I'd love to like roll with with him and then Gordon Ryan or vice versa. Like how how vastly different is jujitsu from where we talk about where it came from Japan over to where it's gotten now with the, the big lights and everything like that. Um, and then the third person, 
Man, that's that's a hard one. I I, I can always come up with two. I, I mean, I I guess uh, you know what? You know, I I'd love to roll with uh, an Eddie Bravo too. A young yeah, Eddie Bravo. Bravo. Just be, just the difference in his style versus all the styles that came out, especially when it was pioneered and everything, would be so interesting to just feel in its its uh natural area where where it, where it came from it's yeah. it's its own habitat so to speak yeah you know i would love to roll with those three people honestly gordon ryan yeah. i i mean if you want to pay me of course love to make some money <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it'll be over pretty right, quick I, for me so <laughs> yeah definitely definitely all right, Jacob, man, unless you got any other questions for me, man, you know, let the people know what you got coming up, man. Uh, shout out to your school. The floor is all yours. Um, yeah, we're, we're close right now. We'll have the new year coming up. I don't got too much left to talk about. Uh, you're in the Goodyear area, the, the Phoenix area. Come check us out, you know, drop in, hit me up. I'm early in the mornings. Uh, bring your kids to class if you're on family vacation. We got all sorts of classes from four o'clock on. And uh, we'll see what the what the competition year brings us. I'll be out. I'll be at World Masters this year. I skipped it this last year, but I'll I'll be there. We'll we'll see what we can uh, get our hands on this year and everything like that. So that's pretty much all I got. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I had no idea how this was all gonna go. I've never done anything like this. So thank you very much for having me on your show. Oh man, not a problem, man. The pleasure's all mine, man. Great conversation, and uh, I wish everything uh, everything the best for you, sir. Likewise, uh, hit me up if you guys ever want to have me back. I, I, it was great fun, so I'd love to come back. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Everyone, everybody, like, you know, man, hey, if you want somebody who's on your show, I'll come back. Hey, look, I invite everybody. I don't care if we talk once, twice, four times, man. If you want to be on the show, you're always welcome. Awesome. That sounds great. And uh, I'll hit you up if I'm ever in your area and everything like that. Come check out your academy school and all the fun things. And Learn from, from from you and everything. I love learning, love jujitsu. So I hope we I hope we meet up in real life sometime. It's it's a plan, man. I, I plan on trying to you know meet everybody I I was on the show with. So we'll make it happen one way or another. Awesome, Osho. Well, you take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you later. All right, man. That's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank Jacob one more time for coming on and bless us with his jujitsu knowledge. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to stay updated on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day.